0: Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrett's Horse & Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au.
1: Now and Amore Vita's running fourth as they're about to sprint hard now. Then Soho Rhapsody and Sugar Apples, last of all. Third quarter came up in 29.5, and the assets going on. In front, we always have faith, but Amore Vita with brilliant acceleration surged around them and took the front. Tim's a trooper, a little flat in the middle. Then came Sugar Apple, who is trying to wind up from Katsoi Beach and Soho Rhapsody, but Amore Vita took the lead and dashed away in the last. Three or four metres clear now. Two in second, Tim's a trooper, then Katsoi Beach and Sugar Apples but it's all Amore Vita clear and won it by eight metres. Second over,
0: Tim's a Yeah, she's to... going to be one of the highlights for sure, isn't she, at uh, Redcliffe on Saturday night, Amore Vita. That was simply brilliant. I think it's 10 wins from 15 starts and just a terrific turn of foot, Chris Barsby, and you're about to speak to the man that's going him in the hot seat. Good morning.
1: Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Can't wait to see this filly in action on Saturday night here at Redcliffe for the first time. Nine race program, as that uh, uh, commercial just outlined, it's their biggest night of the year. Full of class this meeting on Saturday night. Early start as well, 4.44, start time for race one. I think there's a big first board jackpot on that Recliffe Gold Cup, the Group 1 feature. So there's a lot to look forward to. And I'm sure Cam Hart is looking forward to taking that seat behind Amore Vita. He joins us first up this morning. Cam, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Before we talk about Amore Vita, I just want to sort of profile you a little bit more because... Your star continues to soar to of new heights uh, each and every week. Your name keeps popping up and a lot of punters here in Queensland are keen to find out more about Cam Hart. You lead the national or you lead the, the state title for New South Wales. You're third in the national race right now. It's a heck of a season that you're putting together right now.
2: Yeah, it's been great, Chris. You know, I've had a lot of support, um, you know, down in New South Wales from some nice uh, trainers and owners and you know, I couldn't be happier with the way the season started and, you know, it's really exciting times um, with the Winter Carnival in Queensland now. So, I'm um, really uh, enjoying my time up here as well.
1: Group 1 success in New Zealand. How big a thrill was that with Jason Grimson and the Horse Majestic Cruiser taking the messenger?
2: Yeah, that was awesome. You know, um, to go over in their own backyard and, and take a big one away uh, was quite, quite satisfying and... Uh, you know, we know how hard the Kiwis are to, to beat when they come to, on our soil. So, that no, was definitely a big win. And, you know, Majestic Cruiser's been such a great horse for Jason and I and, and the owners. You know, he, he was uh, my first, you know, into Minion drive and Miracle Mile drive. So, um, that was great to have a Group 1 success with that horse as well. How did you
1: find competing over there, Alexandra Punt? They raced the opposite way. So, how did you find that?
2: Yeah, it's a, a little bit different. But, um, you know, there's such good trainers and drivers over there, so it was really good to get amongst it. And I was lucky enough that I'd had a couple of drives there prior in a, a junior driver series. So it gave me a little bit of a feel for how it was going to be. And that no, was just a really great experience.
1: One thing that stands out for you this year, gee, you're clocking up some kilometres. Uh, we've just spoken about New Zealand. You're travelling all over New South Wales. You regularly compete at tracks like Newcastle bathers you've been down
2: to the river arena a number of times so you're clocking up the case and you're getting tired yeah i'm sort of lucky enough i'm only doing you know the race driving these days so when i first started out i was working mornings and race driving so it gets a bit much but sort of balance it out for me and you know i'm really enjoying it i'm you know just seems to be more and more big races popping up um throughout the season so i like to get around and, and try and chase the big money for sure is the success
1: the driving force for you right now?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, um, you know, it definitely helps for sure when you're having a bit of success. But even when things aren't going right, you just got to stick at it. But um, you know, at the moment, I'm getting plenty of good support and yeah, really enjoying my race driving.
1: Okay, a couple of quick ones before we talk about the weekend's actions. Toughest competitor? Who do you find the toughest driver to race against?
2: I'd probably have to say Luke McCarthy. Um, Just, yeah, that we drive against each other quite a bit uh, at an angle and, you know, just obviously one of the best in the game and he's been at the the top of his game for a long time and um, definitely learned a lot off him driving against him for sure and, yeah, I got a lot of respect for uh, the way he drives.
1: Okay, growing up, did you have a role model? Was there a driver that you idolised?
2: Yeah, probably Chris Alford. I watched him a lot and um, tried to. You know, base a little bit of my driving style off him, just like the way he could keep horses, you know, on the bridle and, and traveling. And even when they were looking like they were under pressure, he always made them, you know, probably feel a little bit uh, to, to be going a bit better than what they actually were. And yeah, he's definitely a, a legend in our game and uh, tried to base a little bit of my style off him.
1: Okay. Your silks, blue and yellow, they're becoming very familiar. What's the story behind the blue and yellow colours?
2: Yeah, just um, I like the colour blue, and it's actually uh, the the colours of our local footy team from where I'm from in June A, So um, I grew up uh, Junee Diesel, and um, also got the yellow from my uncle Trevor White's colours. He's got a bit of yellow on his sleeves. So um, yeah, sort of a bit of a mixture between those two. Okay. You're not
1: a Parramatta supporter,
2: are you? No, I'm actually a Roosters supporter, but um, <laughs> I do get called a para, uh, para supporter quite often. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, your favourite track, which track do you love going at and driving at?
2: Yeah, I'd have to say probably my local track, Menangle. I just I like the style of racing there and I'm obviously quite uh, um, used to it, but I also like obviously getting up to Albion Park and, and Melton, so they're both really nice tracks as well.
1: All right, you've been making a few trips to Queensland this year. We saw you throughout the other trot rods. What's the biggest difference between the driving styles here in Queensland and New South Wales?
2: Yeah, probably um, a lot of the drivers up in Queensland I find are, are really good gate speed drivers and quite aggressive. Um, you know, at Menangle, it, it's probably just sort of find your spot and you get one or two horses that want to come out of the gate that are probably the fancy runners, but it's probably a lot more aggressive in, in Queensland compared to, um, to New South Wales.
1: Okay. Well, let's talk about some of these drives on the weekend uh, headlined by Amore Vita. How did this drive come about? Did Nathan ring renew? Was this organised last week? How did it all unfold?
2: Yeah, Nath just let me know that Chris had a couple of big drives in Melbourne this week. um, You know, when I was up there on Saturday and just asked if I was going to be, you know, at Redcliffe and I was lucky enough to partner up with her, um, you know, in Oak Seat earlier in the year and and had a bit of success on her. So I, I know her quite well and... Yeah, and no, I'm really uh, grateful to get the drive on. She's a, she's a superstar. Yeah.
1: She just looks thrown into this race. The fact that she's landed the inside gate, uh, it, it's her race to lose, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it looks that way. You know, Nafe, um, you know, I was talking to him on Saturday and, you know, when I drove her in the Oaks, she was flying and he reckons she's a little bit better now and she definitely showed that at Albion Park first up. She was, you know, unbelievable against some, some really nice Colts and fillies, so... You know, from the one gaiter, I think she, um, you know, she can make her own luck from there and all going well. I think she'll be um, winning for sure.
0: Cam, in recent times, we've seen her show this devastating turn of foot sitting off. What about speed off the arm?
2: Yeah, she's never really been asked probably too much. But, um, you know, like all good horses, majority of them have pretty good gait speed and I think she'll be she'll be able to hold up uh, pretty comfortable, especially at Radcliffe with a short run to the turns. You usually boot up from the good draws and, and hold quite comfortably, so I expect she'll be in front.
1: Were you surprised how easily she put that opposition away last week? You were driving in that race last week. You were sitting behind Sugar Apple. Were you? Were you at all surprised how easily she just put you guys away at the top of the straight?
2: Yeah. Yes and no. Like I obviously know how good she is, but yeah, just to put a, a, some quality colts like that away so easily uh, like you said it, it was a little bit surprising and you know I was driving Sugar Apple, and I tried to get the three wide train on her back and he's quite a quick little horse and probably didn't race quite to his best on Saturday but um, still a handy horse and you know she she put a, a couple of lengths on me so um, no she's definitely in good form and You know, um, she's going to look very hard to to beat in the Oaks Saturday and and the big one uh, in the coming weeks.
0: Just worked out lovely, didn't it, on the back of Tim's a Trooper last week?
2: Yeah, that's right. You know, um, Chris summed up the race quite well. Um, You know, he he got in behind the pace early and it was a good, strong pace of the quarter and, and, you know, he just timed his run, uh, you know, with perfection, as uh, Chris does.
1: Ken, Steve and I were talking yesterday. The possibility, and it's there... A more A V to a rising sun. She's only a three-year-old filly. As we know, rip and leap to fame are the three-year-old boys that have been invited. The rest of the field is going to be made up of four-year-olds. Do you think it would be a, a wise idea to, to throw her in in a race like that, given the prize money, knowing that she's going to draw well, or do you think she should just stick to her original plan and just tackle the Oak speeches during this campaign?
2: Yeah, it probably just depends on how Nice thinks she, she handles the runs and, and things like that, I guess, you know trainer's point of view but as a driver she's definitely um talented enough that's for sure and um you know coming through all the oak series and breakers crowns and things she's definitely seasoned enough i think for that sort of race and you know a lot of good cults and that in it but i think she definitely holds her own especially from a good draw
1: well as we know nathan uh, won the inaugural edition of the rising sun last year with amazing dreams so he knows what's required it was a mayor that won last year maybe a three-year-old filly. it's something that uh I'm sure Nathan would, would start to be giving serious contemplation about because uh, I'm sure he should be right in that race. And knowing that she's going to draw a, a great gate uh, gives her a great opportunity. So that's a more Vita in the Oaks on Saturday night. In the Derby, Sugar Apple, we just touched on this guy. Again, he's got a uh, a second row draw. He had a, a wide draw last week. So the draws haven't been kind so far. How do you think he's going to handle Recliffe?
2: Yeah, he's got, he'll handle the track really well. Um, you know, he, he raced on the half mile, you know, he gets around it like a greyhound, and he's run some of his best races on, on the smaller track. So that'll be no worries at all. Um, probably makes me a little bit more confident, um, you know, being at Redcliffe for him, really. And, you know, he's got a nice little trail and draw there, and he, he's a really fast horse when he's on the song. So I expect there's going to be a bit of pressure there early. So hopefully that'll bring us into the, the race late.
1: Dispel this uh, theory. He's not
2: just a leader, is he? Nah, definitely not. He's um he's probably better with a sit. Really, he's uh you know got an awesome turn of foot, and you know he trialed at Penrith uh, before he's run first up at Albion, and and just run like a fifty five half, and and done it quite comfortable. You know, I mean, with horses like Mac Da Vinci and and, and horses like that, so he's definitely got the class. And I just think he's just taken a little bit of time to settle in, and hopefully he'll be better this week.
1: Have you checked out the replay of Rip his trial on Tuesday at
2: Albion Park? Yeah, he was super, super impressive. You know, he's such a big, strong horse, and you know to go fifty-one and he looked pretty well untouched. Um, he's a he's a talented horse, and you know he'll be going forward. And Teddy Disco was um, super impressive as well at Redcliffe the other day. So, you know, I'd say they'll be pretty, uh, pretty keen to try and hold the front as well. So, hopefully, a bit of pressure early might bring us into it late.
1: Okay, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this one, Rip. This is the first time he's basically gone beyond 1,700 meters here on Saturday night. You've raced against him quite a lot. Do you think he'll have any troubles going further than a mile?
2: I don't think so. He he seems to be a, a big, strong horse. I don't think the distance will worry him. He um, you know, he seems to be getting a little bit ravenous either Sunday somewhere. So that might sort of could bring him out undone. But you know, I'm, expect bernie hewitt he's a he's a great trainer and he'll probably uh, be able to combat that he, he just looked a little bit fierce in his trial the other day for you know a, a strong mile i'll pretty roll roll along fairly well so i think if he settles he'll, he'll definitely get the trip
1: okay and your final drive on saturday night is my ultimate star in that last event uh, you know this guy well you've had success with him previously comes up with a nice draw is he capable of taking this race
2: yeah, he's probably a little bit similar to Sugar Apple. He loves the, the half-mile tracks, and he's raced some really quick miles around Penrith and, and tracks like that before. So um, he's got a good draw, and there's a little bit of uh, pressure there. So he was really good first up. They you know, walked and, and sprinted at home, which probably doesn't suit him as much. I, I think there'll be a bit more pace in this race. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely a winning chance from the draw.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a good night on Saturday night. That key driver, the Moray Vita, I'm sure you're looking forward to it like the rest of us. The rest of the carnival it's shaping up well. Just on Majestic Cruiser, how did you uh how did you assess him last week?
2: Yeah, I was I was happy with him. You know, he he had a bit of a tough trip but he needed a good blowout and Jay sort of said to to me beforehand, don't be afraid to, you know, give him a bit of a tough run and, and really tighten him up. He's such a good doing horse, you you can only sort of get him so fit on the on the training track, so He's definitely going to come on from that and, um, you know, expect him to be, you know, featuring in some of these big races in the coming weeks.
1: All right. Well, the Blacks are fakes the main aim for him. And Fire Fox, Uh he looked like he was a bit uh, fired up last week.
2: Yeah, he was. He's um, He's been getting used to those, the strong, benangled miles that he's been running. But it'll do him good just to have a run like that where he's been taken off the gate and, and sort of, you know, come with one run. And he, he run a really good half, um, you know, so... He felt good and I think a race like the Sunshine Spring or something, it'll be right up his alley and he's uh, definitely got the talent to, to be right up there with some of the better ones.
0: How many group ones are you going to win before you're 30?
2: Oh, hopefully a few more. Is it four <laughs> yeah. today? date? Uh, five, I think. Five? So, um, yeah, hopefully a couple more. They're not easy to get, but um, you know, I'm getting plenty of good support from good trainers like i said so hopefully you can get a few more
0: cam is a bit of a like just watching you drive is it a mixture of a bit of american in there usa driving and australian (laughs) a bit of a mixture
2: yeah i do watch a lot of the american racing so um you know it's something that i'd like to experience one day for sure and um you know i think a lot of the drivers over there it's probably the pinnacle of harness racing um and in saying that, probably the last five years, we've definitely um, bridging the gap on them. And, yeah, it's definitely a bit of the style that I, I have in mind. Yeah,
0: I was just watching that Majestic Cruiser replay earlier this year. It was at Menanga, wasn't it, the Group 3. I don't know if too many other drivers would have got the horse home that night.
2: Yeah, I try and, um, you know, mm. do my best for the, for the connections and that and try and lift them over the line if I can.
0: Mm. Lovely talking to yeah. you. Thank you.
2: Thank Thanks, you. Care. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Gee, he's a young gun, Chris, isn't he? And just watching him, too, he's got that perfect physique, hasn't he? Uh, to be yeah, a champion absolutely. driver.
1: Lean, keen, and, and he's mean on the track. So uh, he's a star, over 100 wins already this year. It'll be interesting to see if he set himself a sort of target uh, for the rest of the year. Like, will he crack 200 wins? Is he setting himself a 250? Who knows? But at the rate that he's going, um, he's going to uh, clock up really big numbers, but like I said, that the kilometres that he's travelling at the moment, Steve, it's it's phenomenal. Like I know he said it's a, a little bit easier when he's not doing the, the early morning starts, but uh, it's a lot of travel, a lot of form that you've got to do, and uh, he, he's going near, far, and uh, wide to, to, to take these drives, and he's competing at a lot of the carnivals now. So is he just twenty three, Chris? Yeah,
0: mm. only a young man. Mm, absolutely, we've got our next guest online now.
1: Rosario Lasvina's is online with us now, and I'm sure he's looking forward to Saturday night here at Recliffe because the family. Well, they've got the favourite in the Group on two-year-old feature, the Garrards Reckless Healing Sales Series Final. Rosario, good morning.
3: Uh, good day, Chris. How are you, mate?
1: Very well. How are the nerves ahead of Saturday
3: night? Oh, yeah, quite uh, quite strong, actually. You know, we haven't drawn the drawn the best, but um, yeah, he's a really nice horse, and. Uh, now it's uh it's up to the pilot. So we'll see how he goes. But yeah, there's a few nerves.
1: Okay. Tardelli is the horse for the stable. Seven starts, six wins, group one success, already taking the Bathurst gold crown, one defeat. Should he be unbeaten, Rosario?
3: Yeah, I think when he was at uh, when he was in the um the, the race at Mananger where he got beat, he if you if you watch the replay, he was travelling so strongly and when he turned for home, uh, I think Ricky pulled the the earplugs on him and he I don't know if he got a fright or what happened, but he just basically did a left-hand turn and lost all his momentum and then he just sort of stargazed up the straight and got going again the last sort of bit. But, um, yeah, that was a shame because um, he was really, you know, he was right on his game and, um, yeah, but I suppose greenness, that, that can happen. They're babies and they do strange things sometimes, but, you know, hopefully we've ironed that out and um, he's, he's getting up the straight a lot better. He's concentrating a lot more up the straight, so um, which is a good thing.
1: Okay just going back to last Friday night with the heat, did he surprise you in any way, shape, or form? Uh, was it the margin that sort of just you know blew your mind that he was able to put such a gap on his rivals? What did you take away from that race last week
3: uh, yeah well I, I, did, I certainly didn 't expect him to, to to win by that far because um, there were, there were a couple of horses in there uh, the, the horse of pete mcMullens i' got a bit of time for it i think it 's a nice horse and um, it only got out late, so it's, it didn't really get a chance to wind up. But, um, yeah, I, I was really pleased with the way he, he got up the straight because he's a bit goofy. And in a couple of starts when he's been in front, he sort of had a look around. And, um, yeah, he hasn't really been genuine right through the line, but he's really starting to, to you know, keep motoring to the line. So that, that was really, uh, in, you know, impressive about that win.
1: I think most people would have left the track last week thinking this is his race to lose given the performance that he delivered. But as we know, uh, the barrier draws can be a great leveler. That barrier draw conducted on Monday afternoon, you've got the inside of the second row, which is probably the only draw that you didn't want. And the other heat, when I hold on to your blink, has that front row advantage where he's got gate six, maybe five if the emergency comes out. So it's going to be a good contest here on the weekend.
3: Oh, absolutely. That horse is absolutely flying. Um, and, you know, Shannon and the team there, they do they do an unbelievable job. They know how to get horses to win big races. So he's going to be very hard to beat. Um, I think, you know, he should be finding the front. And um, we all know around Redcliffe, that's, that's, that's gold. You know, if you're rolling along there, it's hard for horses back in the field because you've got to run around three bends. So um, two things. We're going to have to have, you know, a bit of luck at the start. And then we've got to be good enough to, you know, be outside, you know, a really nice horse like that and um, and beat him. So yeah, it's gonna be really tricky. Really tricky.
1: If you're looking for a confidence boost, the favourites do have a really good record in this race. I think they've won six of the last day. We go back to two thousand and eighteen, you were successful or the family was successful along with Ricky Elgin with the regulars. He started the favourite, got the job done. So you know what's required.
3: Yeah, that was a real big thrill that night because he was a, just a lovely little horse that we, we didn't have the highest of expectations of when, when, when we broke him in. He was just an honest little horse, but he gave us one of the biggest thrills we've ever had um, in the heat and then the final that year. Was, it was amazing. And you know Ricky you know really got the best out of him and um, it was just so exciting. I was really thrilled, thrilled for dad as well. Mm.
1: So that being said, are you more confident ahead of Saturday night's final with Tardelli than what you were with the regulars those years ago?
3: uh i think if we drew anywhere else i i I would say yes but where we where we are now it's it's like i'm confident in the horse definitely because i think he's i think he's very special um i suppose being the owner we all think our horses but i think he has got something knowing other horses we've had i think he's got an extra gear but where he's drawn that's you know that knocks off a few lengths easily
1: okay Julie represented in this group one feature as well because the Philly San Marea, she's come up with barrier two. Uh, Were you happy that she qualified for the final? The effort last week in the heat was more than okay?
3: Yeah, absolutely thrilled with her because she was, uh, you know, a a month and a half ago, we sort of didn't know what we were going to do with her, whether to spell her, bring her back because she just wasn't, she was actually, she was quite a naughty girl, you know, uh, doing silly things. And. And just not the greatest attitude, but she seems to put it all together when she when she gets in a race and she's just been improving and if you put the clock on her, she's actually running decent sectional. So if she um, gets any, you know, any luck and, and, and no bad luck, she I think she'll be running on at the end. Um, she has surprised us, that's for sure.
1: Okay. Well, not only in that group one feature is the uh, the family represented, but also on the Redcliffe Gold Cup captain crusader he's going to back up after last week's patrons purse the obvious question rosario what happened last week
3: great question great question we were really disappointed because he's been flying he's you know his few starts have been fantastic he, he had a bit of a dip when he was at menangle a few months ago and then ricky's been able to turn him around and then he put in that run last week we just scratched our heads we've you know we've had he's gone over him and you know there's nothing wrong with him um, we don't know now that he's maybe he's he's getting a bit more cunning as he's he's getting a little bit older. We're not we're not really sure. But um, just speaking to Ricky this week, he said he was really happy with his work. And um, if the real Captain Crusader turns up, he, he's a big big chance in that race. But yeah. we just I just you know I was really confident last week. This week I'll just I'm just hoping he's he's back to where he was. Well, it
1: was just. Out of character for Captain Crusader, a horse that's been so consistent throughout his career. 15 wins, more than $220,000. In many ways, I think he's largely underrated. Last year as a three-year-old during his carnival, he was runner-up in the Redcliffe Derby behind Krug. And then he was a runner-up in the Southeast Derby. And then a runner-up again in the mm. Queensland Derby, both times behind American Dealer. So his record, with a little bit more luck, could be even better than what it currently is.
3: Yeah, he's been a lovely horse for us. He's a beautiful horse too. He's a sensible a sensible animal. But um last week Ricky said he was he was just absolutely jogging and then he just basically lost interest. And um yeah, it was just a head scratcher. But I think he's been a bit underrated because he's always been in the you know, in the in the best races and he's uh always, you know, competed you know, very well. So, um yeah, we're just hoping he can he can turn it around this week because i I'd be I'm really hoping you can, if you could run a place, I'd be very disappointed if you didn't get a start in the Rising Sun.
1: Yeah, uh, h- how crucial is the start for this race on Saturday night? You've got Barrier One, so how crucial is the start?
3: Oh, everything, everything. I think any horse that you know hops and skips and misses at a couple of lengths is really going to put a put a big dent in your chances because there's so many good horses um, and horses that can step. You know, it's, you've got to take advantage of the good draws when you get them, and hopefully one will be a nice draw where he can step um, quickly and be either in front or or follow a horse, or I'll leave that up to Ricky. But, um, yeah, you'd want to be in the top four or five, I think, because having watched this race many, many times, it's very hard for the horses back in the field to get around.
1: Mm, yeah, no doubt about that. So if he runs well here at the Rising Sun, as you mentioned, that's the next big target for him.
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've heard a lot of you know other trainers and you know talking about their horses and that, but I really think this guy's been consistent. He's come up, he's been in front of the selectors, he's done you know everything he's basically had to do. So I'm hoping for a good performance this week, and hopefully that will see him get a run. Um, yeah, if he turns it around, I'd be I'd be pretty disappointed if he didn't get a run if he turned it around this week.
2: Okay,
1: and then the last race, crunch time. Gee, looks well placed here. Small field. Uh, he's got the outside draw gate 5 but we know the gate speed he's got this is a huge class drop for him
3: yeah I, I think so i mean ranger Bombs a nice a nice horse and there's a couple of others that are that are going well but um and and, and some people said oh he was a bit disappointing last well i think he you know he seems to sort of half choke off a bit i think he was a bit um too keen but this week he'll be back to his you know um normal racing pattern so you know Hopefully he'll be out in front and running along and if something's good enough to run him down, so be it. But um, I'm tipping Nathan will be pretty aggressive.
1: Okay, There was a big cheer squad here on track last week. I'm tipping it'll be uh, just as big, if not bigger, this weekend.
3: Yeah, there'll be um, there's a few of us few of us coming. I actually wasn't there. I was just in Europe last last week. I only just got back two days ago. So because um, I've got to go, I've got some work in Melbourne. So it just worked out nice to, to be able to come and see the horses race this week before I go away. Um, but yeah, there'll be a few of us okay. there on track. And I just I just wanted to make a special mention of Margaret Donahue, if, if you don't mind, because she's sure I, I'm pretty close to think uh, thinking that she, almost everything she brought to the sales has made that Redcliffe two year old final. Hollywood Bound, um, Hold On To Bling, our, our two horses, and she does a fantastic job. So I just thought I'd give her a quick shout out, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a, a mighty effort, uh, if, it, if it's right. And uh, the other one that I wanted to make mention of, special mention, is your dad, Alf. Uh, he's been such a, a loyal and, and staunch supporter of harness racing. The question that I just wanted to ask you as his son, the, the, the passion, it's still... It's still Burns deeply by the look of it, because he,
3: he's more invested now than probably ever before. Yeah, he absolutely loves it, and the thing about it—it's not—he loves the animal as well. You know what I mean? It's just—it's not just about winning race. He actually loves the animal, and when he sees him perform well, it gives him one hell of a thrill. And you know, he's worked hard all his life, and this is his one hobby that he that he enjoys. So, um, you know, watching him get a thrill gives all of us a, in the family probably an even bigger thrill. So, yeah, yeah, you know, hopefully we can have a a good night on Saturday night.
1: Well, fingers crossed. Look forward to seeing your trackside. Really appreciate the time this morning.
3: No, thank you very much, Chris. Great job.
1: Excellent. Rosario Laspina joining us. So uh, the Laspina family will be to the forefront here on uh, Saturday night. They've got the favourite in that group, one two-year-old feature, Tardelli. They've also got a representation in that same race with the Philly San Maria. Captain Crusader lines up in the group one reclift carp, and crunch time is going to start a short price favorite in the final race, race nine, on Saturday night. So they've got a lot to look forward to. So looking forward to seeing the Laspina family here, trackside. I know our next guest is excited about Saturday night because his pride and joy returns to the racetrack. We're talking about the reigning Queensland Horse of the Year a group one golden girl winner. She's looking to defend that title. That is the main target during the Tab constellations. And she's back in action here on Saturday night. We're talking about Gerarda's Delight. Her owner breeder is Ray Carl and he's online with us now. Ray, good morning.
4: Good morning, Chris. How
1: are you? I'm really well. How excited are you right now? Oh, jumping out of my skin. I'm very excited and,
4: um, Looking, looking forward to her uh, last hurrah. Okay. She's got six and...
1: Go on. Sorry, Chris. I
4: just, i was just saying this, this will be the, you know, this um, last campaign will be a last campaign, and uh, she'll be going to the breeding barn after after she's finished uh, uh, these next five races.
1: Okay. Now, she's got gate six here on, uh, on Saturday night, the outside of the front row. I'll tell you this, Ray, life wasn't meant to be easy for Gerardas Delight because she's never come up with any sort of decent draws in, in, in nice races so far.
4: Never, ever. Um, but she's, uh, she's proved to us all um, that she can win from anywhere. So uh, she did it last year in the Golden Girl. So who's to say that she can't do it uh, this time?
1: Yeah. Hasn't started since February 22. She went back to Sydney for a campaign down there, hoping to qualify for the Ladyship Mile. She's back in Queensland with trainer Jack Butler. She's had three trials in preparation for this campaign. What have you made of those trials, Ray? I've been super excited.
4: um, And I've spoken to Jack a few times about her, and he's told me that she's um,
1: going the best that she's
4: ever gone for him.
1: I think he's right in saying that, you know, because looking at those recent trials, Ray, she ran second in a first trial, she won her second trial, went good time, but that most recent trial, that was stunning, finishing third behind Jillibe Kung Fu and Big Wheels, both who have been subsequent winners, but it was the way she went about it. She was parked out for the last thousand metres, they went fifty two two a half in fifty four and a half and she's finished at the leader's wheel. It was an unbelievable trial
4: yeah she's very tough and um i always thought that she'd be
1: tough and um she's just got to do it on race nights she's got to go up against the honey queen here on saturday night does she appear as the 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 hardest to beat
4: oh chris i haven't really looked that hard um but anything that luke mccarthy sends around is very hard to beat so and looks like luke's
1: come up with a good draw and we've come up with a dud draw Mm. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And this is her first start at Reckless. How do you think she'll handle the, the smaller track?
4: Well, I, I didn't think that she'd go there at all. And Jack, when I spoke to Jack, he said, no, no, we'll send her there because he said she's been to Parks and she's been to Dubbo and she's been to Youngies and she's been to all these small tracks. So he doesn't sort of think that there's a problem about her um, getting around there. It's just, I suppose, where she's going to be in those turns, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Golden Girl is the, uh, the main target for her this campaign. As you said, she's only got a few more runs before you do retire her to start. Are you going to be able to get here to Queensland this year? I know COVID wiped you out last year, but are you keen to get up here this year and see it in the flesh?
4: Uh, yeah, I've already uh, booked all my tickets and accommodation. I'm coming up, uh, not this weekend, but I'll be every weekend for the
1: next four after
4: this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's great to hear. Great to hear. Well, she's she's got a lot to do, and uh, it's going to be exciting times. But the trials so far, uh, they've been just so spectacular, and uh, I think she's going to be right in the mix here. I don't think you're going to get the the two hundred and fifty to one like last year when she won the Group One Golden Girl.
4: No, no, I don't think so. But anyhow, a lot of people doubted her then, but
1: uh, even even myself, I you know, I didn't
4: take the two hundred and fifty to one. So. Uh, it's just anyhow, she's 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 got nothing to prove to me. She's she's exceeded all my expectations, and all I got to do is really uh, thank the horse and thank Jack Butler and all his team for for what they've done with it because I never ever dreamed of having a Queensland horse of the year. But here you are with a Queensland horse of the year.
1: Yeah, here I am. Yeah, it's
4: uh, it's just a it's just a wild, a wild ride, and you know I'm still on it. And anyhow, whatever she does, I'll be happy with you. Know, it's just she's got to get in those races. I'm just hope that that she can get in and she gets a little bit of respect, which she didn't get when she went to New South Wales, because uh, it was very disappointing when she went to New South Wales because they didn't look what she was racing against in Queensland, and they just they didn't consider
1: her. Mm. Yeah, disappointing, but I'm sure she won't have any troubles uh, getting into these feature mares races that are up- upcoming. Just uh, on, on the breeding front, uh, I know you're a, a very respected, astute breeder. Have you started doing a few little uh, calculations with Gerard's delight? Have you picked out a stallion for her once her, her racing days are over?
4: Well, I wanted to go to down by the seaside, um, but uh, there's a waiting list of about 80, and apparently he's booked out next year. So uh, I have got a few bookings, and... Uh, Yeah, I've actually got a couple of bookings to King of Swing, so maybe that might be one of them.
1: Okay, well, exciting times once the racing days are over. But there's a lot to look forward to between now and then. Ray, really appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck with Gerardo's Delight, not only on Saturday night, but right throughout the upcoming Carnival. Looking forward to seeing you trackside.
4: Great, thanks for your time, Chris.
1: There's Ray He's up to While They Pray, trying to respond. Will his fitness hold out Magnificent Storm? He draws alongside While They Pray. He put the nose in front. While They Pray's responding. Magnificent Storm just in front, though, pulling away from While They Pray. And then came Bletchley Park, too fast, too serious. But Magnificent Storm in a magnificent first-up victory by head to While They Pray. About 20...
0: Yeah, that was last Friday night, Chris. It was miserable, wasn't it? Raining, but he got the job done, this very good horse, and he started reasonable odds.
1: Yeah, they they were terrible conditions when you look back at the replay as well. uh, Steve, uh, it was just uh, flat out running uh, uh, so constantly there, but uh, he was able to get the job done. What a race we've got tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. The three-for-all over there, light on numbers, but it's just stacked with quality. So, Magnificent Storm backs up after last week. Jumping Jack Mack, a boom four-year-old over there, steps out. Uh, You've got Chicago Bull resuming on, on Friday night, tomorrow night. So, this is going to be one heck of a race. Our man in the West is Matty Young, and he's online with us now. Matty, good morning.
5: Good morning to you, boys.
1: Who wins this race tomorrow night?
5: Jumping Jack, Max.
1: Plain and simple?
5: Yeah. Uh, his first up run over 2,500 was exceptional. He had excuses in his second up run. Uh, the race it was pretty, pretty much null and void. It was very tactical, cat and mouse tactics by everyone back in the field and That's why the times don't really reflect what he can run. And now, going to the middle distance, he's had a few weeks between runs. He's got the draw. He's got the gate speed. He should lead. Uh, He's got the fitness there as well. I think uh, he'll be winning. And it's really been reflected in the early fluctuations. $2.15. He opened with tab touch here in the West. And he's firmed right in, which was expected. Um, He's been able to now move into about $1.65. And... I think $2.15 was a very good price, and I still think uh, I couldn't tip people into a $1.65, but I think he's a one-out job in the quarter, you put it that way.
1: Okay. Is there a chance he could start shorter
5: than the $1. Uh There is a chance. I think Magnificent Storm will probably get out in the market a little bit. He's second up. He's going to have to do the work. Um, he just finds ways to win, this horse. Uh, he just... Last week, off of the back of his trial, he had the hood go back on and uh, he was a lot sharper in the race but still had to do a lot of chasing. And as you mentioned before I came on, those uh, horrible conditions, 27-7 down the back on a very wet uh, surface at Gloucester Park was good going and he was out one-off doing all the chasing and was able to find a way to get the victory. So he just finds ways to win Magnificent Storm, but um, when you comparing the pair uh, while they pray is he's a nice horse, he's a free-for-all a genuine free-for-all but Jumping Jack Mack could be something uh, pretty pretty decent, pretty special going forward in the next uh, 12 to 24 months I, I think so I'd say Jumping Jack Mack will probably start shorter, Diego and Chicago Bull are both first up so uh, they're probably not going to receive a huge amount of support Double Up's got an awkward draw, Bolton Tin's got an awkward draw and he's also second up so, there's a lot a lot against a few of these horses, and the barrage draw swings away at Jumping Jack Mac. So, yeah, he, he could start shorter, probably even shorter than $1.50. Okay.
1: Now, just with Diego and Chicago Bull, stable mates of Jumping Jack Mac, you mentioned there first up. Have they trialled publicly?
5: No, they haven't. Um, yeah, they've just been, they've come straight out of uh, Diego winning the Pinjarra Cup at each uh, way odds, and Chicago Bull was beaten in the finjaro Cup when he finished fifth. They both went to the paddock. That race was back in March, and we see them here first up, no trial. So um, no doubt they'll probably need the run, but as we know with Gary Hall Sr., when the horses had at his place, uh, they are, they're they able to work together. So they get decent hit-outs on the track before they go to the races, but I'd say they're still going to need the run. Okay,
1: well, that's race five tomorrow night. It's going to be a... Uh... A ripping event,
5: no doubt about it. High on quality. What is your best bet tomorrow night? Best bet tomorrow night, I think, is race six, number one, and that's Medieval Man. Uh, It was crossed last start by Dominus Factum, who's very quick, and Dominus Factum only just got over just after the start, was able to muster a bit more. Uh, Looking at the field tomorrow night for Medieval Man, I think, uh, who he stuck on really well on the breeze last start. It's not as fast a front line. I think he'll be able to time it perfectly, get through lead. And when he leads, he's pretty hard to beat, uh, near on unbeatable when he leads. So I think on a clear night at Gloucester Park, which is uh, welcomed, race six, number one, medieval man is the best of the night. And if he does come up in red odds, maybe couple uh, couple him up with jumping jack back to get that better value. Okay. So race six, number one, the
1: best bet there, medieval man. Just uh, one other one before I let you go this morning, Matty. Laveridge, Joe, he's on the comeback trail. He's now had two trials. Did he have another trial this week?
5: Yeah, he had a trial yesterday morning at uh, Bunbury and he was able to pretty much go around the same time that uh, he performed the week before. But there's been no vision of the trials, which is disappointing. Um, but he was able to uh, win the trial yesterday, 2 minutes point three. Twenty-eight five, twenty-eight one. his first up trial, he slipped home in 29.6, which we know the sections that he can get home in. So uh, he definitely needed that first trial. He's improving time-wise. And uh, there's an interview on Twitter with the Trots WA. Tom Buchanan uh, had an interview with Ray Jones, and he said he's looking for a race for him next Monday at Pinjarra. Uh, if that race doesn't hold up, then he'll probably look to trial again next Wednesday to Bunbury in the morning. So uh, that, that's the plan, the immediate plans for Joe. But two successful trials, he's on the way back. But Ray did allude to the fact that uh, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get back to his absolute top. But it's uh, he's a happy work in progress. Okay,
1: excellent news, Matty. As always, really appreciate the time. We'll take the tip for the race six number one medieval man and we'll couple in up with Jumping Jack. Mac, we'll talk again next week. Cheers, boys. There's Matty Young joining us from the West. That is Mobile Rolling.